also brought to you by the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. Eat local, but stay coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant. The Boatyard is located at 1555 Southeast 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. That means you can come by boat or you can come by car. Enjoy the nautical atmosphere whether you sit inside in the cold AC or outside on the patio bar. The Boatyard has something for everyone. Monday through Friday, happy hour. Where local favorite is bar bites and handcrafted cocktails. Open for lunch, dinner, and the popular Sunday brunch. And don't forget, ladies night. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. where ladies drink free. Dock and dine at the famous Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. I am sure you'll have a great experience. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Captain Jeff, and welcome to the Real Guy Show. Today I got uh, Stephen Busaka with us, the Shepherd. What's up, Steve? What's going on, guys? Ah, banging on another episode. So what did you want to... You wanted to talk about what, TV this week? I want to talk a little bit about TV this week, brother. So let me tell you why I was talking about this. So I recently discovered some new, sh- some new fishing shows to watch. All right, well, new to me, right. not new to you. Right. Uh, and one of them was uh, Walker's, the Walker's Key Chronicle, or Walker's K, depending on whether or not you're white or Bahamian. But we're going to say Walker's Key Chronicles. Well, you can be white and a Bahamian. Yeah. But, but the, the Bahamians say key. Yes. And so, so, and if you're talking about a Bahamian island, probably you should call it key. Yeah, just out of respect. You know what I mean? Well, and you don't want to just sound like a salt lifer. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we're going to call it Walker's Key, but we're not going to hold it against you if you want to call it Walker's K Chronicles with Flip Palette. Right. And that's, it's kind of like turn my, it's kind of put in a, in a kind of fishing shows in a new perspective for me. So these are the first ones you ever saw of Flip? Those are the first ones I ever saw. I, I, I discovered Flip by accident a few weeks ago on Instagram. Right. And I was really intrigued by him, too, because he actually, I guess, was really big into bone fishing in Biscayne Bay, which, yeah. as you know, has kind of been like my new obsession these past few weeks. Right. So I was talking to Lamont about him, and Lamont was like, yeah, have you ever watched his show? And I, and I was like, wait, he has a show? And he goes, yeah. He goes... He look it up. It's like the Walker's Key Chronicles. Right. So I looked it up, and I didn't realize that this show was like from back in like the seventies. Like it's an old show. Not about the seventies, but definitely it was eighties thing. Yeah. Well, it, no, I mean it's like you could tell the quality. Never, like, I mean it's an older show, but so he's got he's got a YouTube channel now, which is kind of recently up. I think it's only like two or three months old. And so I've been kind of Flip's got a channel. Flip's got a channel. Okay. So I've kind of been binge watching those episodes because he's uploading them like every week. Okay. And I was telling Lamont, I said, dude, I said, this is almost kind of what I've been hoping. This is what I've been looking for in in fishing shows. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's raw and it has that way of just kind of get that old fashioned way of getting you excited and really appreciating the fishing. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. See, uh, the way Flip did his show, I mean, he actually tried to have some artistic value to it. He did. No, I mean, the whole, like, I think that when they went about producing um, that show, and I think in that day and age, a lot of people were in this mindset. It was quality first. Yep. Um, the storyline and the um, buildup and, I don't know, they were, like, they were all like... Somewhere between National Geographic and uh, I think it was like a wild world kingdom of animals or something. But anyway, it was more, there was more of an artistic value to the whole process of shooting TV. 
Yeah, definitely. And there was like, there was like, you could just tell that these guys had like a deep appreciation of what they were doing. Well, and they could get it across better then. Yes. Like, I mean, because the thing that was cool about Flip that I love is all throughout his episodes, he'll do like these narrations. Right. And the way he kind of describes stuff where like he'll talk about the conditions. Oh, it was, he, it was Mutual Omaha Wild Kingdom. Mutual of Omaha's Wild right. Kingdom. That's right. Now, and the beginning of those shows were somewhat similar. Yes, that the intro. Walk, right, the intro and the, like you said, um, the... The, uh, what do they call that? Talk over? The narration. The narration and all that. <laughs> Dude, people don't even try that shit no more. No, they won't. Like, I remember there was an episode where they were fishing the flats in Key West. And he was talking about how the the day was as clear as Sister Mary, whatever her name was, his conscience. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, you would never hear somebody say that today. But it made it kind of made sense and it, it worked for him. Like that was his style. And it worked. That was his style. And also, remember, back then, when you did the, the TV show, the commercials were enough for the sponsors. Okay? And they weren't all necessarily fishing sponsors back then. It had been, you know, truck or whatever. But in today's day and age, in today's fishing shows, it's damn near infomercial. Like, I feel so bad for the guys that are doing TV because they got 23 minutes. They got to fit in all the sponsorship crap. And what they've been forced to do is take a part of that 23 minutes and basically use it on the sponsor showing the product and, you know, how they're using it. And it's just so infomercial-ish. Yeah. There's no room for any artistic value almost. No. And it's, and, you know, and, and I always think too, you know, talking about the sponsors, I noticed that with that show, the Walker's Key Chronicles, you know, they have their intro, their big intro, which I love. And at the end of the intro, you would see this show is sponsored by Dodge. And that, that was, was enough. It. You don't hear you don't hear Flip in the show going. Well, let me talk to you about this rod and this line that we're using today. Right. Let me talk to you about this lure that we're using today. Correct. You know what he refers to his lures as? Painted wood. We do, we were going to throw some more painted wood. Maybe he didn't have a, Maybe he didn't have a lure sponsor. Maybe he. For all we know, he could have made that lure in his garage. And hopefully, he didn't care. And I guarantee that he didn't. Guaranteed. You can't guarantee. Well, you know, you can't shit. guarantee. You're right. All right. But, you know, but that kind of brings me into something else that I wanted to ask you about today, too, which is, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly young and, you know, I'm just kind of discovering these shows, you know, and like another one was Spanish Fly with Jose Wehebe. Right. And, you know, and I've got my shows that I've kind of grown up watching, like, you know, your show on YouTube was a big one, The Mullet Run. I still consider that a show. Right. You know, what were some, what did you guys grow up watching? The stuff that you're catching up on now. I mean, originally, it was just bass guys. So dance. when we were like, yeah, when we were like real young, um, yeah, it was it was dance, and then uh, Jimmy Houston Roland. and Roland Martin, and those you know pretty much were it for a little while, and then there was more bass guys, and then um, the first saltwater show that I remember watching religiously was Mark Sosin's show. And um, it was good. Um, but Sosin just wasn't my style. What was his show called again? Shitler. Um, I don't remember. And it really don't matter. <laughs> but Sosin had the first 
I've had the first like local Florida dude saltwater show. And then, um, you know, you'd watch that religiously and I had my own opinions about his show or whatever. And then there was a uh, flip palette came out with his Walker's key Chronicles and, um, way better, you know, at least in my opinion. Um, and I really enjoyed watching flip and, and like you said, the intro and, you know, it, it was cool. And they weren't, um, like in flip show, it was more about the experience in Sosin show, and it's kind of the same way today. The different shows have the different messages. In Sosin show, he's going to teach you how to be a fishing expert because he was a fishing expert, and he's going to tell you what line to use, what knots to use, what hooks to use, what bait to use, where to go. He was arrogant enough to tell you which guide to use. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was his style of show. And then Flip did did you know that uh, the style that you're talking about, and and then. Um, Saltwater Sportsman and George Pavaramo had a had a show that was pretty good, and um, George's show was easy to relate to because George was really young at the time, and you could tell he was growing with the show. Unfortunately, it was Saltwater Sportsman, so there was a little bit more sponsorship type stuff involved. And then um, you brought up uh, Wahebe. Jose. And Ohebi, he was just a joy to watch. It just came so natural to him. You never felt like um, he was selling you anything, even though he was. But you felt like you were with Jose the whole show. You felt like you were on the boat with him. When he'd sit down and do his little tackle talk, you know, he'd sit underneath a palm tree on a stump somewhere. He'd be sporting his friggin', uh, he wasn't doing PFGs back then. But he was sporting that mustache. He was sporting sure. the stash. He would sport his flip-flops. And then he'd sport his combos. Yep. And um, he would talk to you about them and everything. And he just had that demeanor where whatever he did, you felt like you were with him. Well, it's funny how you say about how it just comes so natural to him. There was an episode where he was fishing with Flip Palette. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were doing permits. They were sight casting permit. And so Jose, so Flip was out the back and he says, all right, there's the permit right there. Jose makes the cast, and the first thing Flip goes is, dude, I can't believe the distance you just got with that cast. And all he just said was, he goes, yeah, he goes, you really thought it was that good? He goes, you know, you really thought it was that good? And he's like, dude, that was incredible. And the thing that always just kind of blows me away when I watch that show is how humble those guys are. You know what I mean? And they're, they're just out there, like you said, it's all about the experience. That and, <clears throat> like, I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of different. Like, when you went to the Fort Lauderdale Miami Boat Show, which we did religiously with the Salt Shaker Custom Yachts Company, um, never missed one. And those guys, Sosin, <clears throat> Jose, Flip, not so much. I met Flip a few times, you know, but he 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 wasn't like uh, I don't know. He wasn't like into the boats as much, and. Um, they would come right into the booth. They'd look at the stuff that, you know, you were building and what you were selling, and they'd ask questions. And um, Sosin, along with his show, also wrote for Saltwater Sportsman. So he would come in, and he would, you know, um, look at all the different boats, and he knew the boat companies, and he actually, you know, I wish Sosin would have stuck more with that kind of knowledge. You know what I mean? Not to say he didn't have the fishing knowledge, but... 
it wasn't natural like Jose show. Like Jose. So, um, but anyway, so things were different. Like, you know, I met uh, Jose quite a few times. Was you know, he a nice guy? Super nice guy. He was, you know, kind of like easy. You know what I mean? And I'd see him at the Miami Boat Show. You know, and he'd walk in. He liked the salt shaker boats. Everybody liked the salt shaker boats. They wanted to look at them and, you know, touch them and feel them. So <clears throat> it was pretty normal. Um, Pavarama was at those shows. I actually met Blair Wiggins at the Miami Boat Show. This is long before... Um, long before... Um, Addictive Fishing blew up? No. It was like right when he started Addictive Fishing. He, um, I, think it's, I think he was a ranger at the time. And I had a little ranger. And I was just crushing the tarpon with the thing. And um, we were doing a lot of bone fishing back then. So Blair's at the Miami Boat Show. He's chilling in the ranger booth or whatever. And I walk up to him, and I'm introduce myself. And I'm like, dude, I go, what do I got to do over here? I says, I'm the only dude with a ranger banshee that's just crushing the piss out of the saltwater fish. What's his reaction? And he's looking at me like, who's this asshole? <laughs> you know? And uh, he was nice about it. He shook my hand and, you know, I introduced myself. And then that was the first time I ever met Blair. But it was, um, you know, like I said, it's like it was no big deal, you know, to walk up to somebody and shake their hand and, and you know, at the boat show. And everybody was at the boat show. I would have loved, you know, it's funny because I actually didn't know this, but I guess Jose died a, a few years ago in a plane crash I was reading. Yeah. That's too bad. I would have loved to have met him because he just he just seemed like such a genuine, just laid back guy. He was, and um, you know, <laughs> what did I say? The good die young. Yeah. But oh. I mean, there's people, you know, that they're never going to forget him because, you know, the way he was. Yeah. And the um, the way he presented himself, and people just loved the dude. And there's a you know, it's a. Uh, yeah, he was a good one. What can I tell you? You know, we, you know, we talk about these, you know, these kind of old school guys like you know Flip Pallet, Jose Wehebe, uh, Lefty Cray yeah. was another one too. Who was it? Um, something Pal, Stewart, something, or do you know what I'm talking about? There was another guy. I can't think of his name. I don't know. Maybe oh. I turn off my phone while I do my own podcast. <laughs> but, or uh, Tate or something like that. I, Billy Pate? Billy Pate. I was going to say, I knew it was something like that. You know, Billy Pate, Lefty Cray, all these guys. You know, now, I, met, I met Lefty Cray a, a few times. Nice guy? Yeah. I mean, not like, you know, he hung out and had beers or whatever, but um, um, I didn't meet him until maybe five or six years ago. I was at ICAST, and um, I ran into Andy Mill. And Andy was in the fly section, and I'd known Andy a little bit, and we fished together a little bit, and... Um, Lefty was with him, and he asked me, hey, "Dude, you, do you know Lefty?" And I said, not, "Not really." So anyway, I got to hang out, you know, maybe fifteen minutes with them, and um, yeah, Lefty was like a super nice dude. He was on everybody's show. That's what I heard. Yeah, he was on everybody's show, and and you know, he was just great. You loved to watch him, and um, you know, that's kind of I don't know, Flip Lefty, a lot of those older dudes. There was um. Spanish fly fisherman. I think he's still alive. But anyway. Oh, Chico Fernandez. Chico Fernandez. And they were always on the shows. And it was, they were great characters. And they were real. And. They're just fun to watch. Fun to watch. And again, none of them actually gave a shit about the the sponsors. Yeah, they had sponsors, but the show had nothing to do with that. So they weren't forced to talk about anything except what they were on to talk about. 
and it came off totally different. You know, of, you know, out of all those guys, who would who would you have loved to do a show with? Looking back now, out of those, out of that group, out of the group, yeah. If there was one you had to pick, Jose. Why? My wife loves Jose. Really? Yeah. Nicole was a big Jose fan. Yeah, she loved Jose. Did she get to meet him too? She met him at the boat shows. Um, Nicole was always after Lamont and I to do our YouTube a little bit more like the Spanish fly, a little bit more like Jose. Really? Yeah. And that's how much she liked his style. And, um, <laughs> I don't I mean, I could probably do that style, but the style was so in contrast to the crazy boat ramp boy stuff and crazy captain Jeff stuff that there was like no turning back. You know, I think about it too. It's like, those guys back then, what they did, thats that was original style, what they did back then. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, you know. And, you know, a cliched question that always gets asked on podcasts that I've noticed is, you know, oh, well, you know, did you guys take any inspiration from them? I don't, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think? Do you think you guys took any inspiration from them, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean. The experience. Some of them got us motivated because we hated the style you know what i mean like you know we knew the dude like see we knew the dudes that were doing the shows and some of the dudes acted like they were way better than they were which motivated us to start doing our own stupid stuff you know like the whole real guy thing came because of those old tv shows like which one was a real guy and which one wasn't yeah which one could actually get a dozen and which one couldn't. So if, if you, you know, see the, I don't know how, if, you know, it's not like they inspired me. Like I was a little kid looking up to them, like, okay, you know, one day I'm going to be just, just like, like them. <laughs> Some of them. Yeah. And it's in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. But more importantly is because of them, it created motivation to go and do your own stuff. Right. For Lamont and I to do our own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you could never come up with that until they did their shit first. It's kind of like playing chess. Yeah. You know, they got to make somebody's got to make a move. They got to make a move first and then yeah. you make your move. Yeah. And then back and forth you go. Right. That's how chess works. Right. See, it's funny because you actually answered another question that I had too, which was, you know, what do you think is the biggest difference between, you know, t- t- the shows, the fishing shows of today as opposed to the shows back then? The biggest thing I think is how you were saying back then it was more about the experience of fishing. Yeah. And now it's kind of more, you no, know. No, no, no. See, I mean, the magazines did it and TV did it. And basically they turned both their publication and their shows into more like infomercials. Yeah. And they had no choice. You know what I mean? You, you, you buy TV time, which is fairly expensive yeah then you produce your fishing show or something like that you get ready to produce it but then you go out and you get the money to do it from your sponsors and your sponsors today they want more 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 a 30 second commercial or 60 second commercial is not enough they want more time right they want you to explain their product they want you to demonstrate it, you know, and they want you to do it every friggin' episode. Multiple times. Multiple times, which is retarded. 
If they had any brains or any balls or had any type of marketing friggin' skills, not to say that I'm the best all-time marketeer, but I, got, I know shit. Now think about this. If you hid all that information from people and you didn't stick it down their throat and then they could learn about it through an alternative website or alternative platform where they can watch it on video, they would have been ahead of the game. Even to this day, they have a hard time. Well, because again, they're trying to shove it down everybody's throat. Right. Forget shoving it down people's throat. It's kind of like when we did YouTube, and I was using uh, the Bantam 50 a lot in the early days to catch big snooks and tarpon on. And what Lamont and I noticed is we never talked about Shimano. We really never talked about the Bantam 50, but everybody wanted to know about the combo that I was using. And that's where I came up with a bunch of equipment freaks, right? But equipment freaks are a big part of the audience. They have to know what that combo is. And they would friggin' pause it, slow-mo it, and do everything Try to see, if to they see what see it, it is. And if you didn't cram it down their throat, then they would spend the energy. And if they did that once, it would have been worth 100,000 exposures where you're shoving it down the guy's throat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But TV producers never got that. And they still don't get it. They still don't get it. And a lot of YouTube, and when they put the productions on YouTube, they don't get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the same, same on YouTube as it is on, on TV. Same exact thing with the I guarantee you the audience that watched the Lonker Dog videos on YouTube over the years could tell you pretty much every rod and reel combo that I ever used, even though I never mentioned it. You know what I mean? Now, we started doing some, some, some videos on the Bantam 50 after we quit using it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, the whole, the, 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 and, and to get back to the TV thing is I feel so bad for these guys that are doing the shows now. Because now they're obligated to basically shove infomercial information down people's throats. That, um, they have no room for artistic value. No. They, they can't. They can't do the like the narration voiceovers that Flip did. They can't be real artists and oblige to the sponsors at the same time. Yeah. So the artistic value, and they have it. They're just not. I mean, it's just you can't do it in twenty three minutes, no. like the way they're set up. So you know, I I, I feel for them, and um, it's just it's a tough one. And it's getting even tougher because their shows are on TV, but nobody's really watching them on TV. Or at least, I don't know, maybe that's just nobody. Maybe a third of the people are watching them on TV. And then two-thirds of the people are finding them on different platforms online later. Yep. That's how I am right now. I'm watching them on YouTube. Dude, that's how everybody is if you're younger than 35. Yep. You know, even me. I mean, I'm 50 and I'm still, you know, I, well, I'm online more than I'm on TV. Same. I don't even have cable. And then when I am on TV, is I'm specifically watching TV, so I stay offline for a little while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, let me get let me get away from the let me get away from the internet for a minute. Let me see what the fuck is on Fox News. It's the same shit every night, but I got to get my 15 or 20 minutes in after I got my hour and a half in or hour when I come home from work at night. It's not you flick on the TV. You open up the laptop and you do your posts. You know, you do your social media stuff. You let your clients know what you're catching. And you're on the computer for an hour 
And then, maybe, if you get enough energy, like I said, you get on TV, I recorded something, I watch it for 30 minutes, and then I'm done. I never record the fishing shows anymore. I end up seeing all the ones that I want to see. But I'm in no rush. I know that the one that just came out that I didn't see yet is going to be on YouTube next month or the following month. That's where I watch that shit. My kid, she's all over the board. She's Hulu. She's Apple TV, Netflix. I mean, she's got like a list of places that she goes to. But none of it's, you know, on the... uh, what do you call it on uh, TV, on the the clicker. So, you know. Well, well, I'd say, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. But before we do, I got one last question for you. Out of all those guys, so we got Flip, Jose, um, Lefty, who's the other one? Billy Tate, Sosin. You know, out of all these guys, even Tommy Green, out of all those guys, who do you think is most likely to be able to get a dozen if you had to pick one? Out of all of them? Out of all of them. You can only pick one. Who do you think is most likely to get a dozen? Jose. Damn. Hopefully Jose's freaking smiling. Well, Jose was a little younger than most of those guys. He was. Jose wasn't like, you know, he like he actually did his show and he actually showed him getting bait and stuff sometimes. And I'm not going to say invented um, cast net footage or nothing. But let me tell you a quick little story about TV and cast net footage. Let's hear it. You would have had to search for some cast net footage on TV before we started doing our cast net videos. Really? Do you know how many people reached out to me about the CastNet videos that we did on both the Mullet Run channel and the Lunker Dog channel? How many? Tens of thousands of people either wanting to know how to do it, asking if I would do a demonstration, blah, 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 blah. And those videos dwarfed all sorts of badass fishing videos that we thought were going to get all the views. Oh, Captain Jeff catches a marlin on the friggin' Envy. Okay, yeah, we got 10,000 views. Oh, Captain Jeff does a pancake fucking going 10 miles an hour down the canal. Oh, a million views. Well, the networks and the people that were producing TV saw that. And now there ain't a goddamn fishing show that goes by where they ain't throwing a pancake. And I'm just saying that's original style. Amen to that. Everybody wants to take a little piece of Captain Jeff's original style. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. You just thought you were going to get a podcast. You thought you were going to finish a whole podcast without me selling out at least once? No. That was never <laughs> not- my intent. Look at this list I made. Does it say on here, try to get Jeff to sell out at least once? It don't say that on here. Anyway. All right, Busaka. Good good idea for a podcast. Yeah, it was a great job. Everybody, I know you're real proud of Busaka. That was his production. That was his show. Oh, I can't take all the credit, but I appreciate that, though, brother. No, dude, that was a good topic, and I thought you Thank did you. a good job, and I think people are going to enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Guy Podcast. This is Captain Jeff. Run, and Stephen Busaka, and the shepherd, gonna... or possibly Bonefish Busaka. We're still kind of juggling between the two. That's the shepherd. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, and run that dog. Run that dog, y'all.